Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant, and today's podcast will feature the 2003 high-tech prayer breakfast in the D.C. metro area where Kim Cook was a speaker. The 1992 Olympics in Barcelona, Spain, produced one of the most memorable moments in sports history of all time. You might recall that Derek Redmond from, the Great, from Great Britain was competing in the 400-meter race. He was the favorite. He had prepared earnestly for the race. And as he lined up at the starting gates, he was ready. Derek had been there before because in 1988, he was in a very similar position, again, expected to take home a medal for Great Britain. But because of an Achilles tendon problem, he had to withdraw from the race. Now, four years later, he was back on the starting line, five operations and hundreds of hours of training later. Derek Redmond was ready, ready to run the race of his life. When the starting gun went off, he had the best start he had ever had. He was off to a great race. At the halfway point, he saw the finish line and knew he would win. And then disaster struck. He heard a pop. Derek Redmond felt a stabbing pain in his thigh. He had torn his hamstring. And he fell down to the ground, face first. As he looked up, he saw seven guys go flying by him, flying by him toward the finish line to win his medal. The crowd was cheering for all these guys running towards the finish line. And after the race was over, the crowd stopped cheering, and everybody looked back at Derek. And if you remember, Derek had gotten up and was hobbling toward the finish line. Tears of disappointment, anguish, and despair streaming down his face. Then the crowd's attention was diverted to the sidelines where a man pushed his way through the crowd, past security, past the medics that were trying to minister to Derek, and ran up and embraced Derek. And Derek just melted in his arms. At that point, Jim Redmond, Derek's dad, said to Derek, son, you don't have to do this. And Derek looked at his dad and said, yes, I do. And Derek's dad said, well, then we're going to do this together. And he put his arms around Derek, and the two of them hobbled across the finish line. The crowd just gaped at this incredibly unnatural sight on an Olympic track. And then one by one, they rose and began to applaud and stamp their feet and cheer and gave these two the greatest ovation of all the 92 Olympic ovations. It was the determination of Derek and the love and support of his father that got him across the finish line. Have you been there? You know, we all plan for the race of our life. We all do things that we think are going to make that race the most successful it can possibly be. And we invest ourselves in those things. We invest with time, with money, with mind share. We get the best education we can get. We get the best job we can get. 
We make the most money we can get. And we garner the most prestige we possibly can. And typically, for most of us, if there's time, then we think about relationships and faith. But each one of those things we make choices on. We allocate our time according to how we make those choices. And then, of course, it happens without warning. Your race, like Derek's, is interrupted. It might be a natural disaster, a storm, or a fire that takes your home. It might be infidelity or divorce that takes your marriage. It might be greed or scandal that takes your business or friendship or your family. It could be an accident or illness. And all of a sudden, all that you planned is done. Your race is over and the world will tell you, just quit. It's not worth it. We've passed you by. Well, there is an alternative to quitting. And it's that alternative that I want to tell you about. Because my race ended on a morning in March of 1994. And it wasn't a pop of a hamstring. It was the silence when I woke up late because my three-and-a-half-month-old son did not wake me up with his crying. Our third son in 30 months, bless my wife's soul, Michael died of SIDS. And as my wife and I came to that realization that Beautiful morning, actually. We stood at the edge of the most terrible abyss I could ever imagine. And those of you that have been there know exactly what I'm talking about. It was like being in a free fall with no end in sight. A very wise man, the rector at our church, a fellow named John Yates, met us at the hospital, and he didn't have platitudes or meaningless phrases to give me. He said, the most important thing you can remember is that God knows more than we know and that he loves you and your wife loves you and Kathy, your husband loves you. You can't blame each other. You can't blame yourself and you need to talk about this. And it was that wisdom that I think saved my marriage and began to put some order to what was utter chaos in my life. Uh, I wanted to quit. I really did. But as I contemplated quitting from this race, this path that I was on, and I turned around to go back because I didn't want to go forward anymore. The track behind me was gone. As I looked for an answer and security and, and, and feel-good vibes from my education, it wasn't there. From my job, it wasn't there. From money, for sure wasn't there. I would have given every nickel I had to have my son back. Prestige, what's that? It was my faith. 
That was the cushion, the inexplicable cushion that we landed on, both Kathy and I. The man that came through the crowd for me when my race ended was Jesus Christ. And this was not a fanciful, out-of-the-blue realization. As I said, you make deposits in these various things we put our treasures and our time into. And it was the deposits that, that me and my parents and my friends and my spouse had been making in that account all my life that I was able to grab onto that terrible morning. It was a relationship with Christ that was built on a number of premises. Number one, it was the premise that I believed that he wanted to have a relationship with me. And therefore, when I reached out to that person that came to the crowd, he wasn't a stranger. And that's a privilege that was available to me and I think is available to everyone in the room today. The second premise is that I believe that God does care for all of us and that things do happen in life for reasons that we will never understand. It's like looking at the horizon. We can't see what somebody's doing in London. We couldn't see what was going on over in Japan. But God knew. It wasn't that it wasn't happening. We couldn't see it. There was a horizon, a natural limitation to know what is in the supernatural. And then the third premise is that I know that God has a plan for me. And as dark as that abyss was, and as unfathomable as any good coming out of the death of a young child could be, in hindsight now, the lives that were touched, the depth of character and wisdom that was brought out in my wife and my family, and I pray in me, uh, has been remarkable. Each one of our races in each one of our lives is going to have a pop at some point where we're going to pitch face down on that track. And my question to you in something that I would urge you to think about is what will your response be? What will you look back behind you and clutch onto? For me, I couldn't go back. The abyss was back there. I had to move forward. And moving forward was to embrace the person that came through the crowd for me. My heavenly father. I'll just leave you with the words of Jesus as reported in the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament. Jesus tells us, I will never fail you. I will never leave you. Therefore, you can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper and I won't be afraid. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of Faith at Work. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm Carl Grant. Please follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash faithatworkradio.
And for more information on the High Tech Prayer Breakfast, please visit www.hightechprayerbreakfast.org. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant. 